Hello everyone and welcome to this week's Motos and Friends, a weekly podcast from Ultimate Motorcycling and brought to you by the all-new Suzuki Hayabusa. Widely regarded as the ultimate sport bike, the third generation Hayabusa by Suzuki melts two generations of refinement, resulting in the quickest, most technologically advanced and aerodynamic Hayabusa yet. Head into your local Suzuki dealer now or visit suzukicycles.com to learn more. My name is Arthur Coldwells. This week, Associate Editor Kelly Callan talks to TJ and myself about the brilliant BMW G310R. Kelly was commuting on this little bike recently, but found she so enjoyed riding it that she ended up taking it on some fun rides at the weekend as well. In the second segment, I chat with Brian Carroll, the idea and producer of the hit documentary Why We Ride from a few years back. You, I hope you remember it. Anyway, Brian is a successful TV and film producer, and not surprisingly, he has evolved his much acclaimed Why We Ride project into a much bigger idea. You should check it out at motivational.org and you'll see the annual ride to the quail plus a whole lot more. Motivational.org recently raised over $20,000 for the Ride for Kids Pediatric Brain Tumor Foundation. And as you might assume, Brian has not stopped there. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Are you ready for this? The all-new 2022 Suzuki Hayabusa motorcycle is here. Widely regarded as the ultimate sport bike, the third-generation Hayabusa by Suzuki melds two generations of refinement, resulting in the quickest, most technologically advanced and aerodynamic Hayabusa yet. Led by the Suzuki Intelligent Ride System, the new Hayabusa gives riders electronic rider aids, like the quick shifter and cruise control systems, that simultaneously increase performance and comfort. With even stronger acceleration, the Hayabusa's 1340cc inline four-cylinder engine and updated driveline deliver unmatched sport bike performance. And, staying true to its iconic design, the new Hayabusa's straighter and sharper lines make it the most aerodynamic Hayabusa ever. Plus, it comes in three new head-turning color combinations and offers a full suite of available Suzuki genuine accessories you can choose from. These revolutionary superbikes are flying off the showroom floor, so head into your local Suzuki dealer now or visit suzukicycles.com to learn more. The ultimate ride awaits. So we're talking um, today about the BMW G310R and you rode this around town because it's it's more, more suitable for that sort of thing. I know you did some freeway riding and we'll you know we'll talk about that but you rode this around Los Angeles in rush hour traffic <laughs> well it was busy um I did ride it around I mean it first off it's it's a small lightweight bike so it's really kind of perfect as your city bike um doesn't weigh much it's very nimble and the power is you know it's a it's a three it's a 313 cc bike so it's it's not you know, something that really needs to be managed in a big way. So it's really quite fun to ride around. Um, so it's, that's to me where it really shined is around town. 
um, yeah, you can go on the freeway and we'll talk about that. And um, you can also ride in the canyons, which I did briefly, um, very briefly, just kind of getting from the valley over onto the other side of the hill. Um, so it can do a number of things, but I feel like the most fun with it was casual riding around town. It's sort of aimed at commuting or maybe at new riders or a combination of that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we can jump around on this. I, you know, just sort of addressing what you said about commuting. It is a really good, I think, commuter bike if you're riding mostly on the streets. Um, if you were doing like for me, pre-COVID, when I was commuting to work on the freeway every day, this wouldn't be my first choice. It can do it. But there are reasons why I would say not, and I'll talk about that later. So, if you if your commute is on the streets, you know it's really really good for that. Especially as you said, if it's busy, uh, congested, tight stuff, you can easily sneak through um, because it's so little. Personally, I really like the look of it. I like that sort of trellis frame where they show it looks a bit skeletal, and it shows that sort of uh, look. I totally, totally agree. I think they did a great, a great job with the design. Um, the model we had had the red trellis. They don't call it a trellis frame, but I'm calling it a trellis frame. Um, and then the matching red rims and or wheels, excuse me. And it just looks, it looks sharp. It doesn't look, mm. you know, little three C, 300 CC bike. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. It looks neat. Looks kind of sassy. It does look sassy. <laughs> so um it's a single cylinder yeah 34 horsepower and on the torque side it's got 21 foot pounds and here's what I'll say when I think of a single cylinder I always think of having a lot of pull down low and it really peaks the torque peaks higher which is somewhat surprising to me um as does the power I mean the, the torque peaks at like 7500 um, rpm and I think that's actually a really good choice for this bike, which seems to be aimed at novice riders. Not that experienced riders can't have fun on it. They can, but they need to twist the throttle and get into the higher revs. Right. And that's what that really comes on. So would you say, um, does that make it difficult to ride from taking the taking off point? Has it got, is it forgiving or do you find you're sort of struggling off the line? Actually, um, it is forgiving off the line, and that's a great question, even though the torque comes on higher, um, because one of the things that they have for this 2021 model is uh, ride-by-wire uh, throttle. So the ECU is programmed if the revs drop and it's about to stall off idle, it'll automatically boost a bit. So for beginner, you know, more beginner riders, mm. maybe somebody much hand, you know, they don't have that quite as down. If they were about to stall it, the engine's going to, you know, come to your rescue, sort of. Well, that's fantastic. That's good to hear. Yeah, that's, that's always good. And even for experienced riders, you know, sometimes you're just not paying attention and you could stall <laughs> it right then and there. But, but you know, it's, it's looking out for you. The ECU is going to take care of you. That's great. Yes, I've had a recent uh, <laughs> incident where I stalled my bike and uh, I didn't get it going again. So um, that's good to hear. Because as you say, it's easily done. If you're not quite, you've had a tiring day or something, it can happen. And actually, one other thing I'll say about that is I noticed that the clutch is late engaging, which is not great, especially for, I think, a newer rider. It's like, you know, you start to let out and it's like nothing's happening. Am I in neutral? You know, mm. no, 
late engaging. So you do kind of have to be mindful of that. But the, you know, the ECU is not going to let you stall, which is nice, especially if you manage to sneak your way up to the front of, you know, the queue. Uh, when the light's red, you don't want to like stall in front of everybody. So. <laughs> Quite. Yes. Yeah. You solve your problem and then it cause one for everybody else. Exactly. And it does look slender. Is, does, is that to say it's quite tall or is it a comfortable height? Could you get your feet flat down or are you on your toes? Absolutely could get my feet down flat on the ground. Now I do have a 30.5 and 30 inch inseam. So that's a good thing. The seat height's just under 31, um, which, you know, for some people that may seem slightly tall you know it obviously it, it all has its own you know dimensions but it's not a fat bike as you were saying mm -hmm. so at least you can you know you're not wasting you're not losing space with a stout you know midsection yes that can make a difference if it, if it is um a slimmer sort of seating position or if it's slimmer if you haven't got to get your legs wide you end up with with an easier sort of um, foot reach yeah so i I found from that standpoint, uh, the bike to be very easy to handle, especially as you know, the, the hardest thing with, with motorcycles is when you're at a stop or slow, that's when you're likely to drop it, right? And if the bike is well-balanced, if it's not that heavy, this one's just under 350 pounds, all gassed up. So that's not so heavy. And then if you can get your feet down, it's easy to maneuver like if you're in a gas station in a parking space trying to kind of make a u-turn it's pretty easy to handle mm, nice and uh, the braking was good for you or oh uh, there's just a single disc a, um 300 millimeter disc it does have radially mounted uh core piston vibri caliper on it and while the engagement, the initial engagement is soft, so you might think, oh, there's not much here. Yes, there is, just squeeze it hard. And there's enough. Again, as I said, the bike's not that heavy. So I think the brakes are really perfect for this bike. Um, I will also mention the rear brake because I do tend to use it a lot. And I thought that was really, it has a good feel. Now the bike comes standard with ABS. So, um, and I also noticed I could trigger the ABS pretty easily I mean not like I'm trying to but because I use my mm -hmm. foot a lot times if I you know had a firmer uh, push on it I'd feel it I don't find that intrusive personally when that no. comes up mm -hmm. I find that reassuring it's like you know yep you're there and you're taking care of me I feel it I've I mean to hear that it's it's standard is great I think that's a safety feature I think ABS is very important you know yeah when I hear you have to pay for that as an extra, I think, oh, you know, really? Right, exactly. And and especially again for a bike that, you know, newer riders may be on, you want that. Yes, yeah. So you did go on freeways. Um, well, first of all, did you have any bumpy areas that you rode? What was the suspension like? Did you, because it's not a complicated, you know, motorcycle in that respect with the suspension. Did you really ask me if I rode on bumpy roads? This is Los Angeles, come on. <laughs> the question is, are there any smooth roads? <laughs> are we paying enough tax? <laughs> exactly. Well, it doesn't even matter that that money is 
going elsewhere. I don't know, but the, the roads are, there are a lot of bad roads around town. And uh, yeah, actually one thing that really struck me about it was that on a bike like this, which is a pretty inexpensive for what you're getting and granted the suspension's not adjustable except for some preload uh, pre in the rear, um, they did a great job. When I was riding around town over the, you know, the usual worn out roads that we have, it does a really good job of soaking it up. And I also felt like the suspension was a little bit softer than, than I'm used. To. A lot of times I get on bikes and, and it's too firm for my weight. Okay. Mm. So I get bounced around a lot and this was a little bit softer and I thought it did a great job of absorbing, you know, a lot of the typical stuff you're going to find out there. Well, that's good. That's good. If you are, you know, if you are stuck on a really big lumpy area, you're not going to suffer. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not harsh in any way. They did a good job. And I think, you know, it, it is a good price point. It's, it's around the 5,000 mark and something has to give, you know, there's, there's, there's not going to be options for all sorts of things. I mean, I noticed there's only one color option, but I think, I think it's a really cool looking bike. Oh, actually, I think there's three. There's three. Right. I noticed there are three color options. <laughs> and uh, that's nice. Because, you know, we like a bit of choice. Yeah, there are three color options. We tested the um, the one that had, as I said, the red trellis frame, which I think, and, and the matching red wheels. I think that's the best looking one, <laughs> just uh -huh. from a design standpoint. But a good point, you know, for for the price on this bike, yeah, something has to give somewhere, right? So you're not going to have all kinds of suspension options. You're not going to have um, ride modes and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But for who this is targeted towards, you don't really need that. Um, and also, oh, sort of backing up because you asked about the freeway. The bike absolutely has the capability to go full speed on the freeway. I think top speed is, I don't know, 88, high enough that you can, well, at least for my weight, I guess I'll say that because, you know, a larger person, I suppose that's going to, to bring that down a bit, but I didn't have any problem keeping up with speed. You're not going to be racing around and overtaking a lot of people, but you can hold your own and keep up. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and if you, if you were using this bike as a commuter and you weren't just like popping on the freeway for a few exits and off, like if you were doing kind of a serious, a serious longer ride in your commute, especially if you're in someplace like Los Angeles where the freeways can get pretty aggressive during commuting hours, you probably would want more power, you know, because while this, this can move off and accelerates well, and, and again, the, the peak power is higher up in the rev range and that's good, um, you know, it is still a 313cc bike. Mm. So you're on the freeway, you, this is a good bike for keeping up on the freeway. Yeah, it, it kept up with the traffic, not a problem. The drawbacks to it though, for me, one, it's a naked bike. So when you are going that speed and the ergonomics on this, you, you, it's a lean forward, which in general kind of helps because then the wind's gonna go over you a bit. It was still, I felt like it was really like, wow, I was taking on a lot of wind. What I noticed when I was going full speed on the freeway, I tend to grip the bike pretty tight, especially when it's a naked bike because you have all the wind blasts. So I wanna feel like I'm really holding on to it. 
And for me, the way my leg lays against the tank, it came into conflict, I'll say, with the design of the tank, which kind of has a, a crease right where my leg lies on it. So it was not comfortable to squeeze it the way I like, you know. When I was riding around town, I never noticed that at all because I wasn't squeezing the bike. I was just, you know, sitting on it. So that was kind of a negative for me. And then finally, the other thing was uh, when the bike is in the higher revs, 7,000 and above, there's so much vibration that goes through the mirrors, you can't see anything. Right. You do find that, yes, with some motorcycles, but but um, it, it seems that this is more directed, this this motorcycle, this um, BMW G310R at four around town, from what I'm hearing. You know, most people who, who do have a journey to work would take into account they've got a bit of freeway, but I think if you're riding around town on this, it sounds like a maneuverable little motorcycle um and what about parking that sort of thing is it's quite um light yeah it's like 350 pounds it's not a handful at all and it's always nice when you're on a bike that's not a handful you know where you feel also relative to the power of the engine since it it comes on in the higher revs not so much down low so if you're not really twisting the throttle it's very docile and that makes you feel like the master of the bike. And that is confidence inspiring. Yes. For more experienced riders or even that novice rider who's moving up, twist the throttle and the bike has plenty of spunk, you know, and you can have fun with it. But the great thing is that that's all if you twist the throttle more. If you're not twisting the throttle so much, it's you know very easy to manage right okay well that sounds like a, you know a good little machine because it suits beginners it suits novices um but you know if you are experienced it sounds like it's um it's got you know a lot of uses um pretty agile yeah so uh you you rode around town you went for a nice lunch and then you did a freeway so you've kind of covered all options really yeah i um as I said, I had a short uh, sprint through some some windy roads, and because I was twisting the throttle quite a bit to keep up with my riding partner who was on a larger uh, engine, uh, I got to experience what the three uh, ten the G three ten R is capable of. You know, if somebody wants to take it out into the canyons and sprint around through through twisty roads I think you can have a good time there and again it was an I got going fast enough to feel really confident in the brakes and the tires and that's important well it, it is because you do want to feel competent and we have the practical side of our motorcycling and then we also want to have a bit of fun so if you can go out and have a fun ride through some country roads then you know you're, you're getting a, definitely getting your money's worth and this um, BMW comes with the Michelin Pilot Street tires, and I think they're suitable for lots of different surfaces and, you know, rain and sun. They're, they're not too committed. So I think you get good value for money with that. That's a good point. I, I found them to be agreeable in, on all the surfaces I rode, including the freeway, which sometimes certain tires and the tread pattern don't work well with those rain grooves. You know, there's like a weird 
vibration from them, but uh, the Michelin Pilot streets were great. They were really, they were work, working really well. The point of the bike is it is really fun just around town and it can't, it is capable as we discussed being a little commuter bike, um, giving you some fun on the weekend. That's it. I mean, you ride a lot of motorcycles and it, that's what you took from this one. So that, that's great. Yeah, I like, I like little bikes, you know. Um, well, I like, I like all kinds of bikes, but little bikes are always a, a surprise when you get on them. You're like, oh yeah, these are so much fun, you know, so. And I love the look of it. I do too. I think if you didn't have it sitting next to a bigger bike, you wouldn't realize, you know, what it is. And you wouldn't think it was $5,000 either, or whatever the price is, 5005 Yeah. I think that's, that's the, the, one of the great things about the motorcycles these days. You don't, you can't look at them until the displacement, the CC straight away. Right. And I think that's nice, you know. Right. Yeah. It kind of falls midway between like the KTM 200 mm. and the KTM 390. Doesn't oh. it? It sort of falls right in the middle of those. So I wonder how it kind of compares to those. So yes. obviously it's going to be a bit more peppy than the 200, mm. but maybe not quite right. as racy as the, yeah, as the 390. That would be an interesting comparison because that 200 was brilliant. I we love that, that 200. Yeah. That was a real workhorse. Yeah. Um, oh, I, cool. I haven't ridden a 390 and they look tall and intimidating to me but i haven't ridden one the 390s yeah i think would be well it's funny i was going to say more fun but really it's like different fun mm. you know yeah um and and i think this the the g310r is probably a better bike for for the novice rider but actually it would be a great comparison because i i'm not sure that i'm remembering how the uh, 390 feels you know off idle and yeah down low and all that so but the 310 is really smooth on the throttle and everything isn't it yeah yeah it's really the power is lovely it really is so awesome. well it sounds like you uh, had a fun day and uh thanks for sharing your thoughts with us oh you're welcome <laughs> talk to you soon bye bye-bye in this second segment i chat with brian carroll the ideas man and producer of the hit documentary Why We Ride from a few years back. Brian is a successful TV and film producer and not surprisingly he has evolved his much acclaimed Why We Ride project into a much bigger idea. You should check it out at motivational.org and you'll see the annual ride to the quail plus a whole lot more. Motivational.org recently raised over $20,000 for the Ride for Kids Pediatric Brain Tumor Foundation. And as you might assume, Brian has not stopped there. Are you ready for the revolutionary new 2022 Suzuki Hayabusa motorcycle? Hailed as the ultimate sport bike, the third generation Hayabusa melds two generations of refinement, resulting in the quickest, most technologically advanced and aerodynamic Hayabusa ever. Its Suzuki Intelligent Ride System, 1340cc inline four-cylinder engine and updated driveline deliver unmatched performance. Plus, it comes in three new head-turning color combinations and offers a full suite of available Suzuki Genuine accessories that you can choose from. The ultimate ride awaits, so head into your local Suzuki dealer now or visit suzukicycles.com to learn more.
It's something that I always found so funny to me. I, I My whole life, I was waiting to uh, see the famous Ace Cafe. And then when I moved to London in, in uh, 2017, um, that was the first place I went. And all there was was bloody Harleys everywhere. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, there should be Nortons and BSAs and Tridents and all the bikes that I love and collect. Because I am I love British everything. You know, I have, I have my, my Land Rover Defenders and my all my British bikes. And I'm like... Why did they come and, and really bad customized one with like really big metal plate plate and and just like, I'm like I can see this at home and, and this is the Ace Cafe this is like sacred what the hell is this yeah <laughs> so I have a Harley Harley parked outside of the Ace Cafe just it's like close but no cigar <laughs> but it was all Harleys it was all Harleys or Japanese or ninjas or you know what I mean I was just like I'm like this isn't you know, now I did find out there's certain nights worth going there, you know, when you had the more mod rockers kind of stuff there or the club together. But on Saturdays and Sundays, it was, uh, um, it was, it, it was just different. It was, it was uh, kind of funny, but it was cool. I, I, I lived, you know, I got back, uh, I moved back right before COVID. That's right, February. Last time we met, you came to my office and uh, this was probably five or six years ago, I think. And you were really why we ride had been out for what probably a year or something and yeah what was the sort of the genesis behind you just getting into that i mean you're a, you're a tv producer and, and and you know in that side of things and clearly a died in the world motorcycle guy but what pushed you into why we ride you know what well it was, it was a series of events um you know, I started in this business when i was 19 i was a kid i was a film editor i was doing stuff like predator and die hard and and moved my way up through the editing and, and then um, got into second unit directing with Michael Mann and my, I love to race cars. I love to race. I had, as a kid, we had, you know, we had motorcycles, car. if it had an engine in it, right. I was usually pretty damn close to where it was. I just loved anything mechanical. So, and it was kind of funny because, so I've always tried to find things in my career that kind of matched that. And like with Michael Mann, when I would, he's Mr. Ferrari, you know, I mean, everything he does is with Ferrari. So whenever we had second unit car chases or motorcycle chases, I would direct those. I love that kind of stuff. Oh, awesome. and, and you would old racers that I used to drive when I used to race with Dodge Viper and that and as our stunt guys and things like that. So, but anyway, what kind of happened there was 2008 hit. Um, then, so the economy started to fail. 2009 hit, the, our entire business shut down for two years. Nobody was making movies. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. And I actually went off and did a, out of nowhere, I, I was also used to be a pilot. And I went off and did a documentary for IMAX called Living in the Age of Airplanes. And I just fell in love with the documentary style. And I said, you know, if I get an opportunity, I always wanted to do a documentary about a guy named Ed Kretz. And I got Ed Kretz's life rights. And Ed Kretz was the first person to win the Daytona 200. Okay. So he was out of San Diego. And for some reason... Up until the 70s and 80s, most of Daytona 200 winners were some reason out of Southern California, you know, like Don MD and his dad, MD, were all these Daytona 200 racers. And for us, that's kind of all we had over here. We, you know, we didn't have the MotoGP and the Augusta and all that kind of stuff. Right. So, um, and so I went to meet, and I know Jay Leno uh, had a great relationship with them and James Dean and all these actors had great relationships with Ed Kretz and his son, Ed Kretz Jr., was living up in Denver. So I went up there to meet him and I spent about four hours and got to see Ed Kretz's old bike. Um, 
and was just kind of talking to him. And while we were talking, he was talking about family and about all the things that they used to do. And it kind of hit me. I'm like, you know, I now have a family, I have kids, but I wasn't really riding motorcycles anymore. And it's not that I ever made a conscious choice. Oh, I'm not going to ride motorcycles. Just life got busy. You know, I'm, I'm at my own business. You're working six, seven days a week. You're in hunter gather mode, you know? So, right. and I'm like, and it kind of hit me. I'm like, I'm not sharing these things. I'm like, first, I'm like, I want to get back there. And I realized it wasn't when we were kids that we were motorcyclists. We just, they were always around. We, if we went camping on the front of the camper was a trail 70. You know what I mean? We had Bonanza mini bikes in our garage. We had motorcycles are just always around. So it's not like we said, oh, we're motorcycles. We just, that's what you did. You always had a motorcycle around. You know what right. I mean? And so it started first. I was like, well, not only that, I want to make a, a documentary about not what we ride, not how we ride, but about why we ride. And I want to show what, and I really want to do something about this group of people that nobody's talking about because all everybody's talking about is either a, a gang that rides, which at that time was Sons of Anarchy, right? right? right. Um, so it was always putting, and I said, you know what? We got to raise, we're not going to make the documentary about Ed Kretz, right? We'll do that later. Let's make a documentary, basically very bold and call it Why We Ride. And we just went out and started raising money. And every time we could raise a little more money. And luckily I wasn't working. The studios was dead, right? So, you know what I mean? So it was like, we had the time. Their loss was our gain. Exactly. So we set out and said, let's be bold. Let's raise some money and let's make a document about why we ride. And let's break that down. It's about the why, what that is in us because we're all bankers, lawyers, movie makers, magazine writers. So there's a, there's a why. And I believe everything in life has to start with why. What we'll figure out and how is down the road. If you already know your how, I don't believe you know what your why is. So. Well, what, why is the big question for motorcyclists? Because, you know, we've all got a mom who, who told us, you know, my told me ever since I could talk, you know, only stupid people ride motorcycles. Mm -hmm. And much to her chagrin, I ended up making my living out of it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I mean, you know, we, I mean, without getting into sort of the danger of it, but there's, there's a risk element to it. People that don't ride motorcycles just don't get it. Um, and, and that's the first question. Well, why do you do it? Why do you want to do this? Exactly. And, but you, and I would say you, you will find your why once you get on one. You have to experience. Um, like when I was making Why We Ride, I'm like, I'm not going to use one GoPro, GoPro shot. I'm never going to show this POV. I want people to watch it the way when we were kids, the way you would watch uh, the uh, History Channel about ti tigers in the jungle or whatever, right? So I knew you'd have to take the rider, the machine that he's connected to, and the environment that connects. And in order to show that, you had to come off axis. So every shot we had to be moving or craning. So we allowed those three elements to exist as one. The minute you right. come around and become a GoPro, that's not my job. That's at the end of the show, it was your job to go out and see that. You know what I mean? Right. And I realized it wasn't even just the why of people who had it written it. It was guys like me that just kind of stopped but didn't intentionally stop. You know what I mean? We just, it just kind of happened. So- Life gets in the way, yeah. Yeah, and what I found is I interviewed 73 people and I cut it together in a way that where one person could have said it is one continuous conversation because everybody was kind of saying the same thing, but everybody's sure. why is something internal, uh, emotional. And it's, it, it, it's, it, it's, um, it was fascinating to me that it was never 
it was never what I thought when I was a kid. It was like to go really fast or to, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, right. I don't think one person said, when did my hair? You know what I mean? Or right. anything. No, no, it no, was no. purely almost more of a spiritual type journey that you have on. And, and right. a lot of guys are like dads, you know, people like my father and my grandfather, you know, my grandfather was, uh, was uh, flying, was stationed out in, um, what is it? Uh, London, not London and Lower England there during World War II. What was their why? They're taking off every two days flying, you know, B-17s and, 50% shot down, but yet they all came back and rode motorcycles. You know what I mean? Right. After every war, there's been a huge surge of people riding back motorcycles. And you'll find there's lots of whys. There's a why why you do it. And then as you start doing it, you'll find there's a commodity. You start meeting people, which builds a why. A family starts building it. And then all of a sudden there's this huge equalizer is you're never talking about politics. You're never talking about religion. You're talking yeah. about, and it's just not even like you're talking about as much your bike you're talking about the ride and the people you meet you know yeah one yep. one there's an old greek saying is when you go to somebody's house for dinner don't tell me about what you had tell me about the people you ate with and i found yes. that's with motorcycles is like that's so true yeah it's if i if i had to sum it up in one word i would say connection it is motorcycles is about connection with the environment it's about connection with your surroundings but interestingly the way you um, the way you cut why we ride together with 73 people back to back, it's all about the connection between them. Because like you say, the message is actually 73 people all saying the same thing when it comes down to it. Exactly. It's all about connection. Like you say, it's about the connection to the other people, connection to the machine, connection to the environment. So it's a fascinating, it was a fascinating project. And I think you hit it at just the right time. I, I, it was it was very good. We did it. I love seeing what's happened to that. Since then, um, they did another, right after we did Why We Ride, they did another um, On Any Sunday. And then there's the re-release yep. right there of that. And um, so, and just the amount of positive feedback we've received from moms, number one. I actually had a mom come up and said, you know, I'm not sure if I'm going to get my kids into motorcycling, but we have a boat sitting on the side of the yard. And it that, that brought our family together. And I'm going to get the boat going again. And one of the things I learned was whether or not your child rides has nothing to do with the dad. It has to do with the mom, right? <laughs> the dad may want the kid to ride, but if it's going to happen, it's going to be the mom, right? And it's yeah. usually not because of the motorcycle. It's because she's looking for something that the family can do together. And camping with the motorcycle or out there going to the, or whatever that is, it's another way to bring the family together. You know? So true. You know, it's so, so true. true. And it's, it's, yeah. And when you take out the sons of anarchy or the fear or all that other kind of stuff, it's like, you know, and also I think it's a very generational thing. I think what our grandparents saw, motorcycle is not that dangerous compared to what they lived through, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and if you really look at it, I also have a philosophy that I try to bring out in the movie, which is for me personally, I'm more afraid of not, lie, of not living than I am of dying. Yes. Dying yeah, fear is more of a fear to me than, than it, it, it's, I just don't yes. want to not live. I don't want to, you know, it, it's, and I get to live when I flew airplanes, I got to live when I got to race, but you, I, I get to live on a motorcycle. I, I if, if you ask me, why do you ride? I say two places when I feel closest to God, I know it sounds strange, but I just, everything's, it's one of the few things that you have to be connected to in order for it to stand up, you know, yeah. airplane, you can fall asleep. It's going to keep flying. Cars, you can fall asleep, they're gonna keep going. The minute you're not connected to a motorcycle, it can't live either. You two, you have to have each other. It's gonna fall over. 
You know what I mean? Right. It's like you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You are one. It's one of the few things in our life that that connection is the only way that it can work. Yeah, yeah. That's that's so true. Well, it's uh, it, it was interesting. But then moving on, you then why we write then then morphed into this sort of motivational dot org um, charitable initiative that you've got, and that's really impressive. I mean, I just. You know, I checked out your website and the first thing I see is this fucking great picture of you holding up a $20,000 check for somebody. Yes. I mean, that's impressive. That, that, that's real money. That's real money. It is. And we've done that twice in a row now for two different events, actually. So we're, it's, well, what happened was when we started the movie, we started a, a Facebook page and an Instagram page. We wanted it just to be for positive things about motorcycling, motorcycling family. We call the Moto family. And it exploded. Right. And before you know it, we're 500,000, then 700,000, then 800,000. We're approaching 900,000 followers now. And then we have 40,000 followers on Instagram. And all we're doing is allowing other people to post positive things about motorcycles. The media you start bashing a motorcycle, somebody else, I, I, I'm the only one who runs it. So I take it down. Um, and it's just a community for fun things. That is very much what Why Right is. It's like, what was your first motorcycle? And everybody talks about it and stuff like right. that. But I realized, what can we do with this community? We have all these people. And when we made Why We Ride, uh, Joe Northrup, who was our assistant editor, he'd been battling brain uh, cancer since he was a child. And unfortunately, we lost him at the end of the movie. And I said, you know what? Well, let's, let's start a charity where we can raise money. And we found the Pediatric Brain Tumor Foundation, who was already very involved in motorcycles. They do the ride for kids. I said, let's sure. start with them. And this was eight years ago. And I said, I want to do something. I said, I want to celebrate California. What you don't realize about growing up in California is, is I grew up in Newberry Park. Is we have a MotoGP track in our backyard, all right? Since you're 14 <laughs> and you get your, your moped license, you're literally riding the twisties of the Santa Monica Mountains, Mulholland, Decker, all these amazing canyons. And then the MB5 Hondas came out. We were riding on those. And then these interceptors started coming. It was just like... It's, it's a great place to live if you, and we only get to ride 360 days of the year because it rains the other five, but you know, <laughs> right. you know, but so I'm like, but let, so two things, like I want to celebrate California riding because we have the greatest riding in the world. So, and I want to celebrate motorcycles. And there was this thing that Gordon McCall, a really good friend of mine started called the, cool. the Quell Motorcycle Gathering, which was, if you love like Pebble Beach for cars, this was that for motorcycles. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you put 400 motorcycles on a beautiful lawn, it's heaven. You know what I mean? They look gorgeous. So we came up with our first event, which was called Why We Ride to the Quell. And it's a three-day ride. We leave here in Moore Park. We start at Lucky Fools, which is one of our sponsors. And we do two different routes. One route is we go up through Ojai, down and over to Cold Springs Tavern. Uh, Cold, Cold, sorry, uh, Creek Tavern have our lunch there. Then we end up in Pismo the first night. We stop at some wineries and we show off California. Then the second day we ride up PCH and end up in Monterey. And then we have our big banquet dinner in Monterey, which is where we raise most of our money for auctions and stuff like that. Um, and then we have another route we do the odd years where we take the old uh, mission. So we end up at the San Antonio mission and we have lunch there. And, and so we really celebrate the twisties and turns of California. Um, which is so fun with all these guys in the Midwest that bring their baggers out here and are just tuckered out after day one. Right. You know what I mean? right. 
they they take more corners in that one ride than oh, yeah. they've done in their entire yeah. career before. Yeah. They've never seen a tire that wasn't squared. It's like wow, they do round, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they must absolutely love it. They oh, must love it. They do. And then first year we had like eighteen people, and then they told their friends, and now we have to limit it to hundred bikes. And up until the last year, you know, right before COVID hit, um, we had people from uh, six different countries, including as far away as India and Mexico, um, Germany, and we have people from 12 different states. And this is like a big homecoming is uh, we have a lot of big sponsors like uh, Clockwork, Brian Clock brings, brings his family out here, Jagger oh. Nation. Um, we always have OEMs, Indian, I think this year BMWs, give, uh, they like to give us bikes to ride and be part of it, Kawasaki. So it's just a fun event for everybody to come out. A lot of these people are living in the cold. So to come out here in April, May, and get to ride PCH and warm up. And it's also, we realized we were seeing families. A lot of uh, guys were two up, they were bringing their wives. And we realized it's because we make it very VIP. We have a van that you put all your luggage in. We have, it's a family thing too. My wife leads in the truck and gets to the places early. So we have water and snacks for everybody. Um, every, you don't turn unless you see one of us in a yellow jacket telling you to turn. It's a very, um, great way to tune out and just come and enjoy and i think that's why we we were able to get it so it was yeah. we maxed out in 2019 um that's when we raised twenty thousand on the check and another seven thousand in auctions and then unfortunately COVID hit um and now we're gearing back up but this is going to be our first ride event again um and then we have a second shared and this all goes to the pdac Brinkman foundation and then last year we found we started a second same kind of thing a second charity called the sturgis rally rap party and what it was is when I went wow. to Sturgis, I saw, okay, here's kind of when I was making Why We Ride, how everybody was saying all motorcyclists are like this. And I went into Sturgis, I said, maybe Sturgis was this way at one time, but there's a lot of BMWs here. There's a lot of great riding up here. So one, two, everything in Sturgis was about starting, but in the movie business, we have rap parties. At the end of a shoot, we have a big rap party and we party because we finished the project. So I said, I'm gonna do something fun. Let's bring a rap party to Sturgis. There's all these things that started, but let's see one that closes it out where we all say, I'll still be at least until next year, you know? And then let's, and I said, let's make it non-Sturgis because I always like to flip it around, like why we died it. So we're going to make right. this an island thing. No blacks allowed. There's enough black t-shirt, no barbecue, no deep fried, <laughs> right? It's like, we're going to make it a Hawaiian theme or an island theme. So we have these really cool <laughs> island shirts that we make up that the only way to get it is to come there. Um, it's all iron thing. We have the steel drums we bring in and play. And last year was our first year. We gave away almost half the tables and we still raised over $20,000. And that we're raising for, which is a huge problem in middle America, which is trafficked women. So we're going to build a, a, a home for women who've been trafficked there in Sturgis. So, oh, wow. and the first year we threw a thing called Treasured House and Treasured Home. And so the very first year was our last year. And it's a one night event. And that our very first year, we raised $20,000 for that first one. So I love it. What a great, what a great idea. Because I, I mean, having, I've been to Sturgis a couple of times mm -hmm. and, and uh, the road, the riding there is absolutely fantastic. I mean, oh my God. I mean, yeah, the Black Hills. If I had a criticism, it's that during Sturgis week, it is chock-a-block full of motorcycles. Yeah, it's, it's, um, and so you're, you're sort of stuck in it. So to do something at the end of Sturgis, and I was riding around thinking, man, I'd like to come back here. I'd like to be here either the week before or the week after Sturgis. Yep. And when the roads are empty and oh my God, 
if you're doing something like that as well and, and, and wrapped up in this cool party, my God, what a freaking, that's brilliant. That's, that's exactly why we did it. Cause I wanted to I go, love it. I wanted to go there. And then we were done. Chad, my buddy, he took off for seven days, rode through Yellowstone National Park, Glacier, up and over, came down to PCH all the way down. And that's, that's the kind of writing I like to do is it's like, and this now gives me that opportunity. And like Don Emdy, he does the opposite. He goes the week before to Sturgis because to do the writing. You know what I mean? Right. So, but yeah. yeah, but I mean, the thing is, motorcycles are, are really, the minute you attach a charity to it, they can give. They're the most giving people you'll ever meet. And, and so it was, right. you just need to build something for them. And and now it might go with now, and now finally we just got our 501c3 nonprofit. So I can go to the next level, which was why it's called motivational.org is it's motocentric. And what I wanted to give is I get a lot of people saying, hey, we're doing a charity ride for the children's hospital. There's 30 of us. Um, can you advertise on your social media? I'm like, of course, but where do they send the checks? Or where do they send the money? I'm like, well, we're just sending me or doing this. So really what motivational.org will allow is I'm like, okay, well, you know what? Put your event under ours. That way there is going to motivation.org. The minute they make a donation, they immediately get the letter that says this is a 100% deduction. It's going to be a small fee. We'll try to figure out what the minimal is, for whatever the credit card charges are and stuff. And now right. anybody who's doing any kind of a charity event, they have an umbrella, motivational.org, that they can run theirs under, whether it's 10 bikers or 100 bikers or a, a track race day or whatever that is. And that way, because the minute people know they're getting a direct deduction, it's a 501c3, it helps with sponsors, it helps with all that. So the sure. big goal for, for this is just part of why rights message is to keep showing that moto people are good people. Yeah, I think, yeah, positive. I, I, I love it, the positivity, that is really, that's really awesome. So, you know, for, for somebody listening who maybe wants to jump in on the, the ride to the quail or one of these, what sort of buy-in is there for the, for the initial, to, to jump in it? If, you, if you're bringing your own bike and you're like, hey, I just like to ride with these guys and, and have some fun. You know what it is? If you go to our site, it's a VIP ticket price. And this year it's $6.95 and that covers everything except your housing. That covers all your food, all your meals, um, water, truck. We also have LA Motorcycle Company, um, Vince there. He follows us in a motorcycle tow truck. So the entire ride, you put your luggage in a van. If your bike breaks down, there's a tow truck that's there with us, a flatbed tow truck for your bike. It is the right. VIP bike and it covers all your meals, um, our big banquet dinner that night. Um, you get to also start your own teams to raise money, kind of like what Ride to the Flags does. It's kind of that same basis there. Um, okay. And then we have discounted rates at the two hotels that we stay at. And it includes your ticket into the Quill, which is, I mean, through the uh, Quill Motorcycle Gathering, that ticket alone is $95 now. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, that's that's quite that's, that's quite good value. So that basically covers everything except actual hotel and motorcycle. Yeah, that's it. Just actual hotel and motorcycle. And you also get your annual shirt. Uh, a lot of our sponsors, we have a big gift bag with all kinds of things in it, mugs and pans, <laughs> yeah, sure. all that, you know what I mean? All that fun stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, great. The thing is, what you'll find is uh, nobody's ever come just once. It, that's how it got big so fast is cool. they, they invite their friends and then more people come. And this year's fun because we're kind of starting over. So, so far, half the tickets we've sold are first timers. People have never been before. And not one of them is from California so far, funny enough. Really? I'll yeah. bet. Yeah, you see, everybody's going stir crazy from COVID. Yeah, and they're just like, you know what? Let's let's get out there and you know, and uh, yeah, I, I definitely I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. And we um, and I don't and we don't see it because 
during COVID, I didn't stop writing. I mean, I had my gloves, I had my mask. I was just, I was like, I, I was making a rundown to, I, I think I rode the 33 more than I have in a long, you know, very long, although they got yeah. pixels. Those, right. those tar yeah. are getting crazy. Yeah. There. Yeah. I mean, you're wearing, yeah, forget wearing a mask. You're wearing a full face helmet. Yeah, we're wearing a full face helmet. <laughs> I got me. And no problem, six feet distance. You know what I mean? Right. The ultimate social yeah. distance. If I see my rear view mirror and somebody's within six feet, I'm not doing something right. So I'm going to roll on. That scares me. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not letting exactly. you Got to keep six feet. I'm not letting you pass me. I'm <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. The only, the only limitation I can see to all of this is just the amount of time that you've got. I mean, this could literally be absolutely enormous. I mean, you could be, you know, why we ride to, you know, MotoGP, you know, in Austin, why we ride to, I mean, my goodness, I mean, this, you could have, you could almost have a weekly ride or certainly a monthly ride to somewhere interesting and exciting. And just the problem is there is only one Brian Carroll. So. <laughs> yeah, the, the hope with the umbrella of motivational.org is other people can also do something and we have a way that they can bring it underneath so they don't have to go out and try to do a 501c3 because it's a lot of work and a lot of money to set up a nonprofit. So that's kind sure. of the hope too that other people can do this. So um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the end goal is somehow I need to do a why we ride the North 500 there in Scotland. That's my dream. I don't know if you've <laughs> ever ridden that, but that is my dream ride. It, I think it's called the North, is it the North 500 or the North up there in Scotland? It's, uh, it's around Scotland. You know, my cousin, he, uh, he actually runs the NHS um, in Scotland. Uh, and he was telling me about that. And it's basically a 500 mile ride around Scotland. Oh, and he yeah. was saying, you've got to come do it. And of course that was pre-COVID. So, so I haven't, but yeah, if ever you get to do that, I'll come and join you. Oh, that sounds, uh, that, that sounds, it was really interesting. And there's, and there's a couple of websites dedicated to it. So you can see the route and the pictures. I've seen them all. I've, I've watched every video. Um, yeah. I, there's a, there's yeah. a gentleman over there. I forgot his name. We had a weekly show uh, that he was always working on bikes. I forgot his name and he yeah. did it. I watched his doc and I'm just like, that's my, there's one part where we only made it 37 kilometers because there's so many turns and so many stops. And I'm just like in one right. day. And, um, <laughs> that's, that's one of those. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's a, that's definitely a bucket list item I'd say. Oh yeah. yeah no, that's, that's one of the, yeah. that was a, uh, that was a, yeah, and uh, one of the biggest was Isle of Man too. I say so you, that's a bucket list. If anybody, oh, oh, Isle of Man, yeah. If you love, yeah. it's to go there is. I love MotoGP. I love Superbike. I love right. all that, but right. Isle of Man is another world. It's just, it's a whole different level. It is yeah. it is so beautiful, so amazing, and those athletes are there's there's a reason there's only a hundred of them. <laughs> that's another yeah yeah i went there in uh i went there in 2008 i was a guest of dinese and uh i got to hang out with guy martin for a couple oh, of days guy and it was absolutely astonishing talking to him and uh he's, yeah it was it was crazy some of the stuff he had to he had still to has do. one of the best walkways i've ever seen at isle of man guy <laughs> that way was like i can him and that and then of course the dunlop family and all those i mean they're just yeah yeah crazy but yeah but that's so that's what we're doing now and, and uh, just trying to keep, keep spreading the good word for uh for motivational.org and uh why we write good okay well um i hope our you know uh listeners maybe uh, might look it up and and, ha and have a look and and uh and jump on board is there anything anything next any other sort of crazy future plans that you can throw out there or is it just the sturgis and, and quail this year um right now it's sturgis and quail our hope is to do the places we love. We really want to do why we ride four corners. 
really show that Southern Utah, although there are Bryce, all those okay. kinds of places. Oh, um, brilliant. I mean, there's, where, where do you stop? I want to do PCH. I, what I would really, mine, one of the things I want to do is called the motor, motorcycle mission run. And we start in San Diego and we go up the coast and we hit every mission because the missions are so amazing. They were built from 1600 to 1700 here in California. And it's what made California and every city here is named after a mission. And I think it would just be a fun way to discover the true heritage of California along the best roads. El Camino, El Camino Real and all those. Well, the El Camino Real sort of runs the whole length of it. It runs it, the whole length of it. Um, and I just, tr I've, I've been very fortunate. I've been to what, probably close to 50 countries in my life. And PCH is still, I think, just one of the most beautiful roads to ride from Victoria Island all the way down. It's just one of the most beautiful roads. And it, it's, if you can't do it on a motorcycle, do it in a car, but it really is. I think that's something that I would love to always celebrate PCH. So I don't want to let too many people know about our canyons. It's crowded enough, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, it's been absolutely terrific. I really appreciate your time and, uh, It'll be interesting to see if uh, if anybody jumps on board. Yes, let them know. And they can also reach out to me on my email as well if they have any questions. It's a very personal family ride, so don't be afraid to just email me as well. If there's a connection in there, you can do it on as well. Okay, and what email is that? It's just uh, my initials, bc, at whywe ride.com. Well, thanks, Brian. I really appreciate it.